good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation podcast. This is the Gold Standard Podcast, where I, Rob Stats Guerrera, give you the human reaction to the 49ers news of the week. And my co-host, Levin Black, gives you the human wet blanket reaction to that news. What's up, Levin? <laughs> How'd you like that intro? We're going we're gonna to start the show every single time like this now, huh? Yes, we are. I el- eliminate emotion and stay objective, and that makes me a wet blanket. I am the non-homer amongst us. Well, you're going to have to eliminate emotion in this show because I am <laughs> furious right now because of some news we got today from the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan spoke. Jimmy Garoppolo spoke. We basically know what the quarterback plan is, at least for week one, seemingly. So we're going to get to that. We're going to get to a whole bunch of stuff today, Levin. It was supposed to be a good day. Like Nick Bosa returned to practice. Trent Williams returned to practice. Jaquiski Tart got uh, activated off the pup list. Like everything was awesome. And then I saw this quarterback news and my day was utterly and completely ruined. We're going to get to that. I want to remind everybody, please, if you haven't done so already, please follow the Niners Nation podcast network. Drop us a rating and a review. It really does help. I said a couple weeks ago that we had our best May, June, and July in the history of Niners Nation podcast. That is true, and the numbers are in, and we are going to have the best August in the history of Niners Nation podcast, and that's due to you, the listener. So thank you, everybody. That's due to you, Levin, and all the other great hosts we have here. That's the only thing that's keeping this a good day right now for me. (laughs) Uh, It's an alarming day, put it that way. There's a lot of uh, things that have been said or done that kind of makes you raise your eyebrows. The 49ers are driving me to drink, and we're like three (laughs) weeks away from the first game of the regular season. I am literally holding up right now. You can see it, Levin. You can hear it. That is my old-fashioned. That is the ice in my old-fashioned. I broke out the Woodford Reserve because I am just beside myself. Uh, So let's get to that news here. Um, We'll start with Kyle Shanahan. He tried to kind of like play it cool. He was asked bluntly if he knows who the week one starter is going to be. Here's what he said. I got a pretty good idea, but as you guys can see with everything, I don't, I'm not a big, I don't know our schedule a couple days from now. Um, So I got to, I've always had a pretty good idea, Um, but you know, there's lots of days between now and then at every position. Okay. He's kind of playing it cool there. That's fine. He also got asked Levin, what, he liked about Jimmy Garoppolo in the last month. And this, this was the first thing that pissed me off. Listen to this. I think he's just had more command at this time than he has any of the other years. Um, Jimmy always gets there eventually, but I think he's come in. Um, and I think that's natural with it being his fourth or fifth year. You know, he came in the middle of our first year, but um, I think it's a lot easier for him. Just knowing what's coming off my lips um, before it does. Um, knowing exactly how to spit it out, where to go. Just when you don't have to think and all that stuff's effortless, the semantics of play calls and the offense, uh, I think it's a lot easier to play. Jimmy's got command of the offense. Did I hear that right? Like, did I hear that right? Why are the 49ers trying to sell me this obvious lie that Jimmy Garoppolo is new and improved when we see Levin in the games when he's in there, he's the exact same guy he's always been, maybe worse. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a grasp of the playbook. If you're still missing pre-snap reads, like I saw one still shot on Twitter after this past game where I forget the receiver that it was, but they were lined up left and literally nobody was covering him. 
Now there was a safety about 15 yards downfield that was going to pick him up, but that's 15 yards downfield. Why didn't you check and just dump it off to that receiver and get a free five to 10 yards? And maybe he gets an open field. Like he had the entire left side of the field open to him with just one safety, you know, and then, and then he had all the misses, you know, he had the, the overthrows and the accuracy issues, which still comes down to his footwork being, unimproved he still has bad footwork he throws off his back foot he doesn't set his feet for whatever reason i don't know why he can't correct that but he still has it like it doesn't matter how how much you know the playbook if you have those issues if you can't see the field it doesn't matter if you know what the playbook is there's no part of this that's not bullshit and i'm sorry like i don't like to swear a ton on the pod but tonight might have to be the exception because like you just pointed out even if he does have the command of the offense, which, by the way, I'm not buying at all. But even if he does, it doesn't matter if he can't hit a wide receiver when they're open. Like, he can't do it. We've seen it now again and again and again. He's just not that guy. And yet, here's Jimmy Garoppolo when he got asked if he knows who the starting quarterback is. Yeah, I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> when you're smiling about it, that must mean something, right? Uh, it's whatever he decides. Yeah, I'll. Uh, <laughs> I, I I have a pretty good idea. I'm pretty happy with, with where I'm at right now and everything, and just the offense as a whole. Uh, but yeah, Cal's the head man. He'll make the call. You can tell from that answer, Levin. He knows who it is, and it's him. Right. If you want to eliminate all doubt, it's actually the quote. Uh, I can't remember if it was the question directly after that, but came later in his interview where he was asked about what Drew Brees told him. And he yes. says that he asked Drew Brees about what it's like coming out of the game for the running quarterback to come in, like Drew Brees had to put up with with Taysom Hill. And that, to me, tells you everything you need to know. If he's asking Drew Brees what's that like, it's because he knows he's going to be in that situation. Well, he's only in that situation if he's the starter. So to me, Jimmy is definitely the starter. And it gets back to what I said months ago when Trey Lance was first drafted. I asked you the question on this pod, is it Jimmy Garoppolo has to play his way out of it or is it Trey Lance has to play his way into it? And it seems like Kyle has made the choice that Jimmy has to play his way out of it. Jimmy has to get into the games and if he's ineffective, if he's missing throws or throws an interception, he will replace him if he thinks Trey Lance can do better. But until that point, it doesn't matter what Trey Lance does unless it's just like mind-bogglingly different, which we have seen in the preseason games. Look, I think Trey Lance looks better than Jimmy, but it's not a huge gap in my opinion, not at this point. So without it being a huge gap, he's going to go to the vet. And it also gets back to what we've talked about. Once you make the swap from Jimmy, there's no going back. Once Trey Lance is your starter, you can't go, oop, Never mind, Trey Lance isn't ready. I'm going to try to go back to Jimmy. So I think Kyle is kind of playing it safe. Go with Jimmy, and if he's ineffective, you've just given Trey Lance more time to be ready. And who knows how much Trey Lance knows the playbook. We, we've talked, everybody's talked. Matt Ryan's mentioned the playbook is hard to pick up when you're talking about a Kyle Shanahan system. So maybe he's not all the way there, and Kyle would rather just wait until he is. But he's going to play like... Jimmy even said in his press conference today that they actually cut down the verbiage of the offense, which has made it easier. And he said 
once you get into game weeks, they sh- they kind of pare it down even more because you don't have to worry about every single play in the playbook. You have to worry about the smaller number of plays that they've sort of, uh, you know, picked to run that week against that particular opponent. This is mind-bogglingly stupid, Levin. This weakens every part of the team. That's why I don't understand it at all. Jimmy Garoppolo is a rhythm quarterback. He needs to, he needs reps. He needs to get in a rhythm to really maximize his abilities. That's why you saw week one last year out of the gate when basically, you know, the 49ers were the healthiest they were all year. First game of the year, he played like crap. The 49ers lost. He hadn't gotten into a rhythm. He hadn't gotten into a flow. Well, if you're bringing in Lance every other series or every time the 49ers are in the red zone or or God knows when, and we'll get to that later, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be able to get into a rhythm. So you're going to weaken him. You're going to weaken Trey Lance because he's not going to be getting all the reps in practice. You're going to be stunting his development. So you're going to weaken him. You're going to weaken the wide receivers and the tight ends on this team because they're going to have to worry about catching passes from two different quarterbacks. And they're not going to be able to develop the proper chemistry with either guy. Like no part of this helps the 49ers. What the hell is Kyle Shanahan doing? He needs somebody to protect him from himself. Just because you're the smartest guy in the room doesn't mean you're always right. And this is a stupid idea and it should be stopped. So I'm I'm going to hold a little bit to wait and see if he continues this in the regular season. But if in the regular season he is subbing Trey Lance in and out, Jimmy Garoppolo in and out, and based on the situation of the game, he's going to try to play Trey uh, which is what he said in his press conference, that it, it kind of depends on the situation of the game. And the reason why this is a big topic now is because in this practice, talking about today, Wednesday's practice, he was doing something he had not done, at least to what the media had seen. And from the reports, basically every other play, he was subbing Trey Lance in or out. And so they had a drive, for instance, where uh, Jimmy played first and 10. Then Lance came in for second and nine, and then Jimmy came back in for third down. If he continues that in the regular season, to me, that will cement my thoughts on Kyle Shanahan. And that will be, he's incredibly smart. He knows uh, more about offense than just about anybody else. And he's really good at creating a good locker room, but he's a freaking moron when it comes to head coaching decisions and actually managing his players because to me, that is still the biggest criticism I have of Kyle Shanahan is how he treats his players in the game. He thinks that they're just robots. You know, he thinks they're emotionless people like me, you know, (laughs) (laughs) he thinks that he can just take them in and out, in and out, and it doesn't affect them. Well, it does. And we have seen other coaches in the history of the NFL try to do this two back two quarterback system. It does not work. It destroys both quarterbacks because you know, you used it saying Jimmy is a rhythm quarterback. All quarterbacks are a rhythm quarterback. Well, Every true. single yeah. one of them. You're right. Every single one of them is a rhythm quarterback. You cannot pull them in and out because you destroy the rhythm and you will have worse results for both of them doing that. So if Kyle continues this in the regular season, I will be going and sitting here pounding the table and in instant reacts after the game saying Kyle Shanahan is not qualified to be a head coach because he cannot get out of his own damn way. This is, it's hideously bad, this decision. And like, this is not like some crazy unforeseen thing that you we couldn't have seen coming. Like, 
I can see this car accident about to happen. Things have slowed down for me. I see the two cars coming from opposite directions and every both drivers are texting and they don't know what's about to go down. I see it clear as day. This is hitting. And like, I don't even want to hear about the Saints situation. First of all, by the way, I can't remember all the Super Bowls the Saints have won with their two quarterback <laughs> system. Second of all, they had Drew Brees, who was like 50 years old, couldn't throw the ball downfield. And they like they brought in Taysom Hill to throw it deep or to run on like short yardage situations. Like, and it, by the way, it wasn't even that successful all the time. At all, like Taysom Hill, yeah, he made some good plays, but he got stuffed a lot of the times too against the 49ers, by the way. Like, this is asinine to me. What is Kyle doing? If if you ugh, Everything the 49ers have done, Levin, every single thing they have done, and Steve Young said this the other day on ESPN, has screamed, Jimmy Garoppolo is not good enough. Every quarterback that was available this offseason, the 49ers were in on, except for maybe Russell Wilson, because they knew damn well the Seahawks were not going to give up Russell Wilson to the 49ers. Matthew Stafford, they were in on. Hell, Sam Darnold, apparently, there was rumors they were in on. Dak Prescott, they were in on. Aaron Rodgers, they were in on. Every single thing the 49ers have done has said that Jimmy Garoppolo is not good enough, even though in the press conferences, they keep saying, oh, he's played at a really high level, which again is bullshit. No, he hasn't. And they know it and their actions prove it. So what are they doing here? I do not understand the logic of this at all. I feel like I should just be clear. I am alarmed. I am not necessarily sounding the alarm yet it's just practice so far it's just one practice in particular it all depends on if it carries over into games or it carries over into the regular season especially like if i see it in the preseason game i will be even more alarmed i will probably be sounding the alarm at that point but if it doesn't end up showing up in the regular season it wouldn't matter, you know, at that point, it, it would be a non-issue because it didn't carry over into the regular season when it mattered. But if it carries over in the regular season, like Kyle Shanahan, I will seriously be questioning his ability to be a head coach because he can't get out of his own way. This, this is the one thing we have talked about many, many times. Kyle Shanahan's ego might cause him to not actually be that good of a head coach. It, it's something that he might have to learn the hard way. There have been coaches out there that their first stint, their ego got in the way as a head coach, and they failed. And then their second stint, they succeeded. Bill Belichick is a good example of that. Bill Belichick with the Browns got fired because he was too much of a control freak and too much of an egomaniac from what the reports have always been. And then when he got to the Patriots, he he, he still was. Them a, he just drafted the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> to an extent. <laughs> To an extent, yes, he's still a control freak, but there's a mutual level of respect I think he he has to a certain degree with the players, whereas before he didn't. You know, before he, he had, it was just my way or the highway, I don't care what you have to say, whereas players, from what I've heard, get some kind of input if they're deemed worthy enough by him, which Brady was. So I don't know if Kyle's there yet, but he has not swallowed that ego, and if he is dumb enough to think he can truly run a two-quarterback system. And I'm not talking about, oh, Trey Lance came in for one or two plays in the game to try to run a gimmick option run or or whatever. That That's different. I don't like it, but that's different than running a two-quarterback system. If he's truly subbing them in and out within the drive, within the flow uh, of the game, 
that is a deal breaker to me. Like if you're that dumb, you need to go learn and be an offensive coordinator where the head coach can tell you, no idiot. We're sticking with one quarterback pick it from the second you draft a quarterback in the first round, especially one this high, especially one you gave up multiple first round picks for every single thing that you do as an organization has to be centered around setting that guy up to succeed. Every single thing you do, because he's on that rookie contract, and the second you take him, the sand starts coming down out of that hourglass to the time when you have to pay this guy. How is this helping Trey Lance? How is either, like you said, either coming in for the six plays a game that he runs some crazy play, or if it's more extreme than that, and he's alternating series with Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that, how is that helping him? It, that's what I don't understand. He's splitting the reps in practice if he's lucky, which means he's not getting 50% of the reps he could get if he was the starting quarterback. He can't get into any sort of flow in the game. Like I, This is an asinine decision. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. You had a perfect soft landing in the start of the year with the Lions and the Eagles, weeks one and week two for Trey Lance to be able to get acclimated, adjust to the speed of the game, and basically you could rely on the defense to keep those games close enough for him to only really have to make a couple of plays in the game for the 49ers to win. Like, it was all set up there for you perfectly. Now you're going to do this weird-ass thing? Why? Like, this is just so bad. How come we can see it and they can't? I really wonder how long of a leash Jimmy has or will have uh, if he ends up starting week one, you know, I had the thought when I saw these comments today and it became like we said, it's abundantly clear. Jimmy is going to get the first crack. He's going to be the week one starter and, unless something mind bogglingly happens in this last preseason game. You know, if Jimmy goes out and throws three interceptions, yeah, maybe he doesn't start. But to me, my thought was, I wonder how much of this is a locker room thing where Lance is not clearly better. He's likely better and more likely to improve, thus would be better long-term than Jimmy. But Jimmy was hurt, and there's a very big philosophy amongst players and around the NFL that you can't lose your starting job due to injury. It's one of the big controversial things with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick, that there was a tense situation there where part of the locker room was pissed that Alex Smith lost his starting job due to injury. Yeah, and this is a little what? bit different. It's an offseason. I, they I get got it. over it because you know why? Colin Kaepernick was kicking ass and his 10th start was the Super Bowl. Guys <laughs> lose their job to injury all the time. Ask Tony Romo about that. Guess how Dak Prescott got in because Tony Romo got hurt. And then when Dak was lighting it up, Tony Romo's ass was on the bench. Like that is bull. And all players know that crap. You do lose your job to injury. It happens <laughs> constantly i don't know who came up with that expression probably the dude that got hurt <laughs> i'm just making this point that maybe he has is gonna have like the shortest leash ever if he goes out there and misses a w- completely wide open guy that kyle schemed up to be wide open and we've seen kyle get extremely frustrated on the sidelines when right. jimmy has done that is he gonna say all right you got your chance pulling the trigger so that there's no argument there's no division in that locker room of pulling the guy that's seen as a leader because, okay, he messed up in a game now. I can do this. And there's no question. There's a clear transfer. There's no – and I don't think – I'm not saying this is what it is. I just wonder if this is playing a role that Kyle is going to give Jimmy a chance to start and the first mistake he makes 
he's going to be pulling the trigger and thus it's a clear cut, no locker room division. But like, what, how much sense does that make? So Jimmy Garoppolo has to play perfect all season. Like, why do we even have to sacrifice that one drive or that one week, you know, in order for Jimmy to have the opportunity to go out and crap his pants before we bring in Trey Lance? Like, why do we have to sacrifice that? I, again, I'm, I know I'm overreacting. I know I'm overreacting. I cannot help it. The most exciting thing about this 49ers season was Trey Lance. From the second they made the trade up to three, it's been building to this point. And I just, I don't get it. I'll disagree with you there. The most exciting thing about this season to me is the chance to be a contender again. Not Trey Lance. It's the fact that this roster is ridiculously good. But here's the thing, Levin, and... No 49er fan wants to hear this at this point of the year because we're in the business of hope. And, and, you know, hope springs eternal, and I get it. But let's just be real, okay? Chances are the dudes that have gotten hurt the past few years are going to get hurt again. That's just what happens. Hurt guys get hurt, okay? The only thing that could rescue us from that muck, that crap fest that we saw last year is a starting quarterback who can rise above who can keep it together when all else around him has failed that was trey lance that's who he was drafted to be and the 49ers have potentially maybe taken that away so we could be back in a season where we just have to watch this offense struggle to go down the field and have to do like jimmy garoppolo did the other night a 16 play drive which by the way didn't even get all the way into the red zone before jimmy garoppolo threw a stupid interception that took points off the board like i don't want to have to watch that anymore well there's a difference between last year and this year what and you just mentioned him trey lance there's not nick mullins and cj bethard behind jimmy if jimmy struggles like that jimmy will get pulled if jimmy gets hurt Trey Lance will go in. It's not Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard coming in to suck it up and ruin the season and cause a bunch of losses because they're completely ineffective. That's the difference. Jimmy Garoppolo could ruin the season. Like, look at week one last year against the Cardinals. He won't be allowed to ruin the season. He might be able to ruin one game. But but why do we have to sacrifice that? I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying he's not going to be able to ruin the season like last year because there's actually a viable backup option to where if Jimmy is sucking, Jimmy's going to find his ass on the bench and not be a starter in the NFL anymore. Because if he sucks, no team is going to go out and get him to be a starter. If I beamed you down from another planet and I just said, watch these two guys, would you? what would be your argument for Jimmy Garoppolo over Trey Lance? Like, there is none. If you just watch them this preseason, what is the argument? How have you watched Jimmy Garoppolo. He's barely played. That's <laughs> what I mean. But when he played, he's doing the same stuff you see at Levin. He drops back to pass. If his first read is not there, you could Happy see feet. him panic. Yes, his feet start to go nuts in the pocket. And I that's when I start to pucker. I get nervous. I see those feet moving and I'm like, oh no, here it comes. Here comes an off-target throw. Here comes an interception or a strip sack. Like you can see him break down. This is the guy that's supposed to have the command. This is the new and improved guy. I'm. It's just not there. I don't disagree with you. I'm just. I sent, I'm not really playing devil's advocate. I'm trying to see it from Kyle's point of view, and I think it gets back to what we said on here that Jimmy has to lose the job 
If Jimmy plays badly, he can go to Trey Lance at any time, can make it a clean break right away. If Trey Lance gets put in and he's not ready and he crumbles, and we have seen rookies get worse and worse because their confidence gets shot, I'm pretty confident Trey Lance isn't that type of guy. He seems to be very mentally, uh, I don't know how to put it, mentally strong. He seems to be a very aware guy. He's constantly aware of everything. But if he does that, if he puts Trey Lance in, gives him the starting gig right off the bat, he struggles and he's is crumbling, not getting better. You're not seeing improvement. It's hard to go back to Jimmy at that point. Whereas if you put Jimmy in and he makes one bad throw, you can go to Trey Lance. You know what I mean? It gets back to what we've talked about for the last three or four months on our own show here, that you could always make the change from Jimmy to Trey really quickly. You can't make the change Trey back to Jimmy. But I don't know why we need to see Jimmy Garoppolo throw one more interception or fumble one more football. Like he's done it enough. He is who he is at this point. I, uh, it's just, it drives me nuts. And then like, what situations are they going to use Trey Lance? Are they going to use him on third downs and in the red zone? Cause like, those are the two most important times of the game. So if you're telling me Trey Lance is good enough to handle those, why wouldn't he be good enough to handle the other 80% of the game? Uh, I, I'm just going to say this now, cause I saw a practice report that threw it out there as a possibility. But if Trey Lance ends up being the red zone specialty quarterback, I am giving myself yet another huge pat on the back because I theorized that possibility right after the draft. But that's that dumb. If they do that, dumb. that's dumb. If he's good enough to make his choices in the hardest of places, the red yes. zone is hard because it's the tightest of windows. If he's good enough to make those choices, he's good enough to do it in the open field. I don't disagree. But also, Jimmy seems to struggle in that area. And running, in particular, from a quarterback in the red zone is almost a, a get-out-of-jail-free. Get it's mm -hmm. like a free upgrade because, oh, the windows aren't there. Okay, I'm just going to run instead. Like it, it, It's something that defenses have to account for. So they have to have a linebacker spying the quarterback, which takes somebody out and creates an opening that otherwise wouldn't have been there. If you got a statue of a quarterback, which Jimmy has essentially become a statue of a quarterback, then it allows the defense to really cover every single zone in the red zone because it's such a short field. I just, just throwing it out there that I wouldn't be surprised to see Trey come in it, in the red zone. I don't agree with it because, like I said, if he can do it when the t windows are the tightest, he can do it on the open field even better. Uh, Kyle talks about it all the time. 11 on 11 football, he calls it. And by the way, how sweet was it to see Trey Lance run in that two-point conversion the other night? I know it got called back because of the holding, but like, that's it. That's what we're looking for, right? He drops back to pass. He doesn't find anybody open. He rolls out to extend the play. He takes off. Bam. He gets in the end zone. Like, that's exactly why they got Trey Lance, because he can do that, and Jimmy Garoppolo can't. And it was super satisfying to see. And actually... I want to give Jimmy a little credit because he took off at one point in that game and ran for a first down right up the gut too, which was fantastic. I, I tweeted out at the time, like, yes, that's, that's what we need. Where, where was this? Where has this been? Please do it more. Right. I, I wish Jimmy would do it more because I do think he, he's athletic enough. You know, yes. he, he's a statue by choice in my opinion. Agreed. And this is one of the things that I wonder how much Kyle caused it because Kyle ranted about he doesn't like his quarterbacks getting hit. You know, if it's not there, he would rather the quarterback throw it away so that Kyle can call the next perfect play. You know, it's Kyle's ego. I wonder how much of that really got into 
Jimmy's head because in those first five games that he came in in 2017, he did scramble quite a bit. It's only after he got hurt that he stopped. Now that might be him scared of injury again, or it might be that Kyle said, don't freaking put your body on the line. You're too important. I agree that uh, he used to do it a lot more for sure. And in 2017, that was one of the most encouraging things about him. I remember thinking like, hey, this guy, like his he real rolled, pocket he, presence. He moves he, around he when there. you get out. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's doing some things. That was ex- remember that throw. Like, oh, I think it was against the Vikings. I want to say I can't remember who it was. He threw it to Dante Pettis in the back of the end zone. He dropped back. He rolled to his left. He bought time. And he threw it to Pettis. It was an amazing throw deep right in the back of the end zone. And I, he made that play. And I was like, damn, that's a yep. really good play. Like I started to really get excited about it. But you're right. Since the injury, and I agree that it's by choice. Like I think he could move around a little more than he does. But he doesn't seem to be willing to do that. Uh, so we'll yeah. see what happens. That throw was actually 2018, early in the year. Right? Oh, it was 2018. Before his injury. I was actually at the game in Minnesota. Because ah. that used to be the only games I could go to is when we were in Minnesota. But because uh, I was in North Dakota, for those that are unaware. <laughs> but, yeah, that was actually 2018 in the start of the year. And then he got injured. I think it was the very next week against yeah, Kansas City. Against KC, yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens with the quarterbacks, obviously. Um, but I think like today was the first day for sure we can say. I can say I'm 100% confident that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be week one. First play on offense for the Niners. Jimmy G is going to be under center. Uh, he all but confirmed. And by the way, if this is all a ruse and somehow Trey Lance is under center, like Kyle Shanahan deserves a ton of credit because now he's got Garoppolo like selling the narrative. Like it was one thing before the draft when they just didn't contradict people that said they were interested in Mac Jones. But if he's got Jimmy like actively speaking, like he's going to be the starter when he knows he's not, then he deserves all the credit in the world. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because before this press conference and all this, whatever you want to call it, hit the wall with it i actually had the thought you know it'd be kind of funny that if he has chosen to go lance to get jimmy to come on board with actually being the starter and going out the first play and it being a designed run obviously because it's first down (laughs) and then putting trey lance in because he can name jimmy the starter without lying and the opponent's going to be planning for jimmy which granted yeah they're still going to account for the possibility of trey but wouldn't that be a mind like jimmy comes in first play you're like okay it is jimmy and then second play all of a sudden here comes trey and you're like what what you know like (laughs) i had that thought last night and then all of a sudden all this press conference stuff hits today if kyle shanahan wants to run a two quarterback system where jimmy garoppolo comes in to hand off on all the running plays i'm down with that that's the (laughs) only two quarterback system i want to see uh yeah no i still don't want to see that but (laughs) uh we'll see you know, if this is one big fake, we're going to know the week before week one. Why? Because practice is going to tell you everything. Once it becomes for real, you're going to know where, where they're actually prepping for week one opponent. I mean, by for real, you're going to know what the real situation is. Because if Trey Lance is still splitting first team reps, that tells you Jimmy's got an extremely short lease leash and so jim or kyle sorry is keeping trey ready by giving him some first team reps if jimmy gets all of the first team reps that means jimmy's you know he, he's gonna get a, a real chance it's not gonna be you missed a wide open guy you're pulled haven't we suffered enough i've suffered enough levin we've all suffered enough this is all right i've said it i, I don't want to keep repeating myself 
Let's take a break. I need to compose myself. And when we come back, we'll talk about some of the other good news of the day, because there was a bunch of good news today in 49ers land besides that, including the return of their best or maybe second best defensive player. Back here on the Gold Standard Podcast, besides the quarterback stuff, Levin, other great news came on Wednesday. Nick Bosa, hooray, back in practice, participated in 11-on-11s for the first time all year. Kyle Shanahan said afterwards that, you know, Bosa's physically ready to go, but he wants to get him in there just to give him some, you know, mental reps. Like, he's still got to come back and test that knee. And even though he's come back from an ACL before, I agree. I think there is sort of a a mental hurdle there that Bosa's going to have to check off the list. Yeah, Bosa needs time. I mean, nobody comes back from injury and this goes right in from that major of an injury. Like, games matter. You need real reps. Um, But from the practice reports, Bozo is going to have uh, make a run at defensive MVP. I think, he, you know, he was the, close as a rookie, arguably deserved it as a rookie teams. Just, they don't want, you know, you, you got to kind of establish yourself. Mm-hmm. And then when you have a really good year, you get to be an MVP, but his very first one-on-one, he beat Trent Williams, his second one-on-one, he beat McGlinchey. Well, that's less impressive. Well, yes, obviously less <laughs> impressive, but like he's not skipping a beat. He's beating both tackles right off the bat. That tells you like this dude is not going to be able to be stopped by anybody. And that's what I'm getting at when I say that whoever's on the other side of the line, pass rushing, could be in for a double digit sack season because the tight end is going to have to chip Bosa every single play. And we saw that towards the end of 2019. The tight end was chipping Bosa constantly and Bozo was still creating havoc he was still doing well but that just means that whoever's on the other side is going to have true one-on-one to where if they win their matchup there's nobody stopping them from getting to the quarterback and whether that's uh d ford or abukum either one of them have extreme pass rush or speed rush mm-hmm. ability to where they could be getting a lot of sacks because a lot of teams don't have very good right tackles And that's who they're going to be going against is the right tackle. And what you just described is exactly what happened in 2019. Nick Bosa did not lead the team in sacks that year. It was Eric Armstead, who I believe had 10 and a half sacks, which was a career high. That was a direct result of the fact that Bosa was there. And so if Bosa's there and and playing well, Armstead, you would think then could benefit from that. Javon Kinlaw is going to benefit from that. There's a ripple effect down the rest of the defensive front. And I mean, even without Bosa 11, I know I don't want to spend a ton of time looking back at the Charger game, but like the defensive line for the 49ers were in the backfield of the Chargers like constantly. And it wasn't even their best players. Like they are so deep on the defensive line. It is amazing to watch. And it is perfect because that is exactly how the 49ers are built. Get pressure with the front, put everybody else back in coverage. And even though they don't have the best corners, you're not going to get any explosive plays. Fred Warden is going to clean up a ton of stuff in the middle of the field and good luck trying to drive down the field, play after play after play against that. You know, I don't think it's hyperbole to say the Niners probably have seven, maybe eight guys that if they were on the right team, they would be starting on the defensive line. You know, I'm not saying that the Niners backups could start for just about every team out there but they could start for some teams out there, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's hyperbole to say that, that they have seven or eight guys that are quality starting quality players. And you see that when they go in and what that does 
is it allows you to have a heavy rotation. And we saw some of that in 2019. And I said last week that I think this defensive line might be deeper than 2019. And Salah back in 2019, I'm sure D'Amico Ryans this year, will be rotating those guys in and out because it's a huge advantage. The offensive line is the offensive line. They play every snap. The defensive line, if they can rotate and not have a huge drop-off, it means when those starter guys are in that are ridiculously good, they're fresher. And so they're going to be able to dominate even more. And the backups who come in, if they're still good and there's not a huge drop-off, that means they're going to be able to do even better because the offensive line is getting tired. You know, eight, nine plays into a, a long drive if the if the opposing offense is driving, those offensive linemen aren't going to be as good as they were first play because they're getting tired. But if you're having a rotation, a defensive player on the line might only play two or three of those plays out of 10. You know, that, that helps much more than people realize. And oh, by the way, the only way to prevent guaranteed way to prevent injury in the NFL is by not playing. So if you can rest guys and rotate them more, the chances go way up that they're going to be healthier because they're just literally going to be playing less football, which will obviously help. So it it all works for the Niners if that can keep going. Uh, Jaquiski Tart was activated off the pup list, which kind of surprised me in one way because I didn't think we were going to see him for a while based on what Kyle Shanahan was saying. But also, I couldn't help but notice the timing of that, Levin. Like three days or two days after Kyle Shanahan says that Talanoa Hufanga is working his way and has a chance to become the starting strong safety, Jaquiski Tart's coming off the pup list. It's an interesting situation. I would not be shocked to see a trade from that safety position. I'm not saying Tart. I don't know who it'd be, but I don't know if they can keep all of them. You know, that, that's a lot to assign to the safety position when there's defensive linemen, like we just mentioned, that are going to need to be kept. You know, there's just a lot of really good promising safeties out there on this roster. And I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, say a team has an injury or something like that, that they come calling prior to week one saying, hey, you know, rather than cut him, we'll give you, you know, some late round pick. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that Kyle Shanahan does not keep three quarterbacks because like you said, he's going to, that's asinine. Like you need that other, you need that roster spot. Why are you going to keep Nate Nate Sudfeld, who by the way, sucks ass. You're going to keep three quarterbacks. Like if you get down to Nate Sudfeld, your season's already in the trash can. Like you are already screwed. So why take up the roster spot? He did the same thing with C.J. Beathard for years. He was taking up a roster spot for no good reason. Keep the two quarterbacks. Use that other roster spot on the defensive lineman because you're going to need them. You know they're all going to get banged up during the year or or keep it as a safety like you're saying or who, whatever other position you want. But to keep three quarterbacks makes no sense, and I agree with you. I think he's going to do it. Right. I think he's going to do it, but – you know, I think it was the uh, week one instant reacts uh, preseason game where I, I said the same thing, that if you're getting to the point where you need your number three quarterback to be playing, the right. season's over anyways. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you keep Nate Sudfield so that you have somebody who's been in the building and knows the offense to be the starter if you're down to the third guy, or if it's Joe Schmo off the freaking Arena League roster or wherever you find him. It doesn't matter. If you're down to that point, your season's over. I don't understand the logic. And Kyle has said this offseason, like, he, if he can, he wants to keep three quarterbacks. I don't know why. And you know what? If he, if he, I'll give him one 
caveat. If it's a COVID thing and he's worried about, hey, if we have some sort of crazy outbreak and, you know, we lose guys, maybe I could understand that. But that's the only justification in my mind. That That is true because I know last year they were uh, quarantining essentially a emergency quarterback mm-hmm. where they basically weren't around the team so that if there was an outbreak, they knew they at least had somebody that could come in and play. But couldn't you do that with the practice squad? Find some young kid that you think has some kind of promise, put him on the practice squad, and guess what? You quarantine him. Right. And even then, you're still screwed, like you said. So, yeah. like, I, I I really hope they do because I think they're going to need all those defensive linemen. Guys are going to get hurt. And it's weird because, like, the depth will show in a way that doesn't make sense logically. Like, you won't notice it when the depth shows because guys will get hurt and the 49ers will continue to get pressure because they've got so many other guys that are good that you won't even realize it. But that's how that stuff happens. That's how it shows up. And I think that they'll need it. Like even now, Mo Hurst is already down with an injury. We haven't even, and he was, he was looking awesome. Like they're going to need him. So forget the third quarterback, keep as many of those defensive linemen as you can and uh, cut Richie James. That'll open up a damn roster spot. (laughs) Wondering if you're going to go with a Richie James dig at some point during this episode. (laughs) Can't miss my opportunity. I won't have too many more because he's about to get cut. Yeah, he's about to get dropped. <laughs> I like that pun. <laughs> You're proud of yourself for that one, aren't you? Yeah, I am. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to the wide receivers a little bit because you wanted to talk about Jalen Hurd. At this point, like, I'm fed up because I can't sit and wait three years for you to maybe show that you might be good. It's one thing if he was like, you know, we're talking about Antonio Brown and he's been banged up, but when he's on the field, he's really, really good. We don't even know if Jalen Hurd can play. And I'm sorry, like you've used up all your goodwill already, Jalen. I'm sorry. The reason why I wanted to talk about this, and we've talked about it, that Jalen Hurd had, if he still has a chance to make the roster, you know, he's got to really show something and remain healthy. But the reason why I wanted to brought up is I saw one practice report of one play and it was about Trey Lance. It wasn't about Jalen Hurd, mm-hmm. but it made me raise my eyebrows because what it was, was they were talking about Trey Lance got this first team rep. And what the play was, was Trey Lance did a short, essentially screen pass to Jalen Hurd. That was a first team rep. Jalen Hurd's first day back at practice. He got a play called for him with the first team. That tells me that Maybe he really is something special because why would he miss all this time? And if Kyle's fed up with him and is basically Jalen, you, you got a miracle chance of making this roster, then he wouldn't be calling a play for him with the first team. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be calling a screen pass to get the ball in his hands with the first team. He would do that at the end of practice. If he does it at all, if the guy's not close to making this roster. So the fact that he did that in the first team offense during, I think it was a red zone, time he's got a real shot like I I don't think he's buried I think if he's healthy he's going to make the roster oh Kyle loves him I mean you can tell that Kyle loves him by the way he talked about him after he was drafted and by the way he's talked about him this year he has said like I really think that he can help us I think he's looking for an excuse to keep him on the team to be honest like I think he's looking at that rep and if I don't I don't know if it was a good rep or a bad rep but if it was good be like see I'm right about this guy I think he wants to keep him um and look, I hope he's good. I hope he's as good as Kyle thinks. I just, I'm I'm frustrated by the injuries, and it's something that you and I have talked about. You cannot continue to rely on guys that can't stay on the field. And even if Jalen Hurd could be really good if he plays, like, 
do we think we're getting a full season out of Jalen Hurd? Do we think we're getting 10 games out of Jalen Hurd or half a season? You know, like it's not just about getting to week one. It's also about when you construct your roster, who you think you're going to be able to rely on week after week after week. And clearly, regardless of how good Jalen Hurd might be as a player, he's not the guy you can rely on week after week after week. Yeah, but you got a way, and we don't know this because it's something that really only the team would know, but you got to weigh how special the guy really is. If he's just, well, he could be our, you know, fourth or fifth, maybe sixth wide receiver. You know, he's better than this guy when he's healthy. Well, that that doesn't mean a whole lot. But if he's truly a special talent, which, you know, we've talked about, Jalen Hurd could be a special talent. I mean, he's literally a guy that started at running back over Alvin Kamara in college at Georgia and then went on to be turned into a wide receiver. Uh, I forget where he went after that. I'm drawing a blank. Baylor? Yeah, I think Somewhere that's Somewhere in Texas. I think it was Baylor. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on that, but – you know, he went on to be a wide receiver and now he's in the NFL. He he could be a truly special six foot four, six foot five freak of an athlete that Kyle Shanahan wants to see in a scenario like you saw him run a play. Do a screen pass, get the ball in this guy's hand who has been a running back, has freak speed for his size, and obviously has good ball carrier vision because he's been a running back who was highly successful. He had a thousand yard season as a running back in college in the SEC. So if he is that special, you don't cut him. And I, I think that's what we're seeing. The fact that he's right back with the first team getting the play called for him tells me that he is something special. And no matter how injury prone you are, you don't cut people who are still special talents that could be ridiculously good and effective if healthy. See, I think you do. I think when they keep getting hurt again and again and again, you do cut him because no matter how good you are, you can't be that good if you can't stay on the field. And he might who, have been. Who, sorry, who are you saving, though? That That's my point. It, if he's only a sixth string wide receiver quality, fine, cut him. But if you're keeping him because he's truly special, guess who you're cutting? A sixth string quality wide receiver, whoever's at the end of the depth chart. So it doesn't really matter because you can go out and find somebody that's going to be close or as good, maybe even better, because wide receivers is one of these positions where guys fail with one team and then suddenly blossom with another. We we have that right now with Sheffield. Like he didn't do much of anything. And now all of a sudden he's here and he's dominating. So you're you're gonna cut whoever would be the sixth string wide receiver on the depth chart. It's not a big loss if he's a freak like this. Maybe he was a freak before he had back surgery and before he had reconstructive ACL surgery. We don't even know if he's still that same guy. That's the thing. How? He hasn't even practiced. Because he sees him still. He sees what he does. It's not like he's just sitting there not moving. He still sees him run his sprints. He sees him play on the side. You know, there's been practices where he's doing work on the sideline. You can see somebody's athletic talent before he has to take contact. And that's why I said only the team and Kyle would really know what he is, whether he's a shell of his former self or whether he's still an athletic freak. And if he's still the athletic freak, you don't get rid of him. I say can him. There's plenty of, I mean, look, the league is full of guys that could have been good if only they could stay healthy. But contact is a part of football. And I'm sorry, like I'm tired of waiting for Jalen Hurd. Like, no, no, thank you. Jawan Jennings can probably do a lot of the same things that Jalen Hurd can do. And by the way, I was super bummed when he didn't play in the Charger game because I really wanted to see more of him. I hope he plays this week against the Raiders. I hope we get to see everybody. 
He's who I said I was most excited to see in our podcast last week, and then he doesn't play. Like, <laughs> oh, awesome. And I wanted to see Elijah Mitchell, too. Like, I, you know, I'm really, in terms of, like, high hopes, this draft class, like, they could have gotten a lot of production out of this draft class. When you've got guys, obviously, Trey Sermon, who didn't look that great, like to see him look a little better. Uh, but Elijah Mitchell, Hufonga, we already talked about. Diamador Lenore looks like he's going to be able to contribute, you know, obviously not, not a starter this year, but could be a really, really solid player. Like up and down the draft board, Jalen Moore has been getting pretty good reviews. Like this could be a solid, solid draft class from the Niners. That's why I hope we get to see as many of them as possible against the Raiders. I certainly hope it turns out to be that way, but I learned my lesson on thinking a draft class is a slam dunk too early because that's what I thought about this regime's first draft class mm. when they got somebody in the seventh round, like Adrian Colbert, and they got somebody like George Kittle. And then pretty much everybody but George Kittle ended up getting injured or falling off and not being effective. And it, in retrospect, it looks like a bad draft. Whereas after year one, people were saying, wow, they really found some gems. That's a great draft. I learned my lesson. Sorry, I'm being a wet blanket, but I learned my lesson. Well, that's fair, but I'm trying to be positive here. You know, you're always poo-pooing. You're always giving people a reason to not believe. And I'm, you know, I'm human. I want to give people hope. Hope is just a much bigger disappointment if it doesn't come to fruition. <laughs> no, no line that you have ever uttered since we started this show. <laughs> sums you up more than that <laughs> statement put that on your tombstone put that on is your business true? card like is it not is. true if you if you weren't hopeful of what jalen heard was going to be would you care that he wasn't practicing no it's the fact that you thought he could be a star and you had all this hope for him that bugs you so much that he's not practicing the lesson here is kids never try <laughs> no the lesson here is is stay grounded and operate in reality. Stay in the now. Don't stay in the future. Oh man! Right. I, I, there's, you know what? I'm ending the show. Like I cannot take it anywhere after that. I need to digest that. I need to recover from the that truth bomb that you just dropped. Uh, Want to remind everybody again: rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We are killing it right now, and it is a credit to Levin and all the other great hosts we have that are just churning out great content and great shows you are going to want to hear it and the best is yet to come as we get closer and closer to the regular season levin thanks for trying to talk me off the ledge it didn't work by the way i'm still here but i appreciate the effort well the good news is is you only have like two and a half weeks of having to sit on that ledge until week one actually arrives (laughs) (laughs) well you should have seen me on sunday because i was i'm in connecticut so we were directly in the path of uh, hurricane Henri. And so, like, my only thought was, like, oh, I don't, children, you know, yard, you know, wind, trees coming down. Nope, not worried about any of that. We better keep power because I need to see Trey Lance play against the Chargers. That's where my head was at. Sports reigns supreme. It does, and it definitely does with me. All right, that's it. Enjoy your Thursday, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Hopefully you're in a better mood than I was.